Hey everybody, it's your old friend John DeLuna, and this is a new uh, episode of the Minicast. Joining me this week is a, a longtime friend, which you've, you've never heard his voice. You don't know the man, but you'll learn to love the man by the time we're done with this. Uh, LV, Graham, how are you doing, sir? I'm fine, John. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, oh, good. That was that was a very smooth, very very smooth reply. I like it. LV, you and I uh, have known each other for quite a long time. We started uh, well, we got to know each other in the botcon days. When was your first botcon? I'm trying to I'm, estimate when my first one was, which is when that's we met. What I was thinking is I'm trying to figure out what botcon we would met at. My first botcon, um, I actually. My buddy, I found out about Baca 96 like a week before it happened. And I was like, oh, that'd be cool. Like Onyx Primal, you know, that'd be a cool thing to go to. Like early primitive internet days, right? Like I wasn't on working for DARPA or anything. But, um, and I was just, you know, oh, I guess I won't get to do that or whatever. And then like, a week later, one of my best friends was like, hey, I was in Chicago and there was this Bacon thing and I got you this bat guy. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So I have the Baca 96 shirt and, uh, and Onyx Primal, well, they didn't actually go there. And then 97, which happened, you know, three months after I graduated high school or whatever, was the first one I went to in Rochester. I think my first one was either 99. Uh, it's been so long. We're old. Yeah. Uh, it's It was either. And they all blend together. Yeah. It was 98 or 99, I want to say. Well, were you in California? Uh, 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 no. Then it wasn't 98. Yeah, okay. So 99. Wasn't 99 back in like uh, the Midwest, Middle America? 99 was in St. Paul. Um, then maybe You're, it was 2000. 2000 was, was that Durham? Uh, or like um You've never been to Indiana. Bacon, have you? No, I haven't. What is this thing? Uh, that you call Bacon. No, I think, uh, I get maybe it was two. No, I want to say it was maybe 99. Anyway, anyway. I wish, I wish we had some access to an archive. There's no cool. way to know, like, when and where Bacons took place. How would we ever find that out? So, anyway, anyway I would say, I would say we've known each other at least 15 years or so. Seems very plausible. Yes. Um, now you've been, uh, how many bicons at this point? I know you haven't been in a, in a couple years or so. Yeah, but you've been I went every most. year between '97 and whatever two years ago. I think I missed 13 and 14. Uh, did it get easier after you broke your streak? It really did. I mean, t- to some extent, you know, as people have aged out of it and have all their stupid families, um, you know, fewer and fewer people just go anyway. I think it's harder for people to to make the time commitment, to make the financial commitment. So I feel like the group has dwindled a lot since, you know, 2000, 2001 anyway, uh, of the people you and I would hang out with, people, scare quotes. Yes, um, if you want to call but them. But yeah, I mean, it was really, you know, I kind of made my peace with it, knowing I wasn't going to be able to make it. Um, I went the same, it was the first year was the year I went to uh, England in, in 2013. Uh, my Nana... It was, it, was, it was a year short of her 90th birthday. She turned 90 last year. But, um, you know, we had to go over there because there was a whole bunch of health stuff. And it just seemed, it? this is a really uplifting podcast. Anyways, uh, we were worried that basically she wouldn't make it to 90. So my dad wanted everybody to go over there. And I was like, well, I can't really take two big vacations. Right. Uh, so I missed 2013 knowing I'd have to. And so I kind of just was okay with it. And then it, when it was the weekend of, there was a little bit of that, oh, you know, everybody's a BotCon and I'm not. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, why do you even have to be there? Nowadays, all the information, everything is up 10 seconds after they see it at BACON. So it's really just missing hanging out with your friends. So 2014, last year, I honestly, I, I barely even was kind of like, well, that sucks. But as long as they keep 
put it in California over and over and again. I can't really afford to get out there. It's, you know, it, it, it was a little sad last year how much I wasn't broken up over it, if you get what I mean by that. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand. It should, <clears throat> you feel like you should have like a stronger connection to it, but, uh, but you don't. But it's changed so much over the years. I mean, you can even like, yeah, if the social aspect isn't your big thing, if, if like the toys are your big thing, you can get those too without even going to the show. So I, I'm not sure what Bacon represents these days. At a ludicrous markup, of course. You can't really get the, the souvenirs without having somebody pick them up for you. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, you know, that weekend, eBay is flooded with uh, with toys. So, yeah, you're going to pay the markup. But still, I, I mean, there's no... There's nothing at this point that really like you have like that makes Bacon like something that you have to physically be at. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you miss what you you miss your voice panel, you, you, your voice actor, not the panels. Like, how many times can you hear the same stories? But um, you know, like the voice actor, the script readings is what I'm trying to say. Those mm-hmm. are a neat thing to be at, of course. I mean, I don't want to downplay being there. There's neat stuff going on, but maybe it's just after ten of them in a row or something, a little bit of the shine is worn off. That's fair. Um, so let's talk about, um, some current events, if you will. You and I kind of talked about, you know, what we were actually going to talk about. This is where you're going to bring up Ferguson, right? It is where I'm going to bring up Ferguson. I've got hot opinions, uh, (laughs) on this. It could go either way. It could go like CNN or Fox News. Uh, it's late. I'm punchy. I could go like hyper conservative on you because I am in Texas, uh, but I am a minority. It's the safe choice. It is the safe choice, but I'm a minority. I'm torn. Um, (laughs) So let's uh, let's talk about uh, some of the things that are happening kind of in the world of Transformers today. And uh, you know what? After that that little lead in that we just had, I think everybody knows that you're legit. This is also like not the last time I'm going to have you on the show. I have oh, good. you know. now. People don't think that you're. I'm just like some guy you met on the street. Like, oh, this guy. Look, I quick. I need to talk to you. Put down that bag of trash <laughs> and come into my studio. Uh, that sounds a lot like the bycons in like North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of transients just kind of like in and out of our lives that weekend. Um, okay, so this is interesting. I collect uh, Combiner Wars stuff. I know you're you're interested in it, but you're not collecting it. So so what is it doing for you, um, but not doing enough to like get you to buy it? I think that basically what happened is at some point, and, and I could have told you, I mean, even probably five, six years ago, if you'd have been like, hey, there's going to be a big punch of the of the mass release Transformers you're not going to buy. And you might even sell some of the stuff you have. I'd have been like, well, that's ridiculous. Like, most of what I do is accumulate Transformers. Um, but at some point, generations-wise, and I don't know if it was like, oh, there's another Japanese one that's hard to get and I'm not that into, or whether it was just, you know, here's another remake of somebody you've already got. But basically, right about the new... Uh, when they started Generations with the comics, uh, that wave with Orion Pax and um, Trailbreaker, uh, Thundercracker, nothing gets the toys, right? They look just as good as they have been. They were still well done. I was just kind of like, why am I still buying tons of G1-style guys to have on a, a shelf that never quite gets finished being made? Like, I didn't really even end game for it. And ultimately, I think I'm just kind of I'm worn out on them. It's been... Uh, you know, that G1, that classic style stuff, I know, you know, for 90% of the fandom, probably that's the thing, right? When you see a toy, it's like, oh, does that fit on my classics shelf? You know, mm. oh, they could do that as a classics so-and-so. And I just find that I'm, I'm interested in the, the newer stuff now. 
So at some point, I was kind of like, well, there's a lot of Prime to buy. I'm pretty content with the Prime stuff. I love, I love the movie designs. Love them. You know, we can talk about the quality of the movies themselves, yeah, you know, with epithets and what have you. But uh, the actual visual design of the Transformers and movies, I absolutely love. And I think in general, they do a decent job with the toys. So I like having those. And so Generation just kind of, you know, it just sort of fell out of being something I bought because I've still got that completest mentality. I don't really buy much in the way of, well, that one is interesting. That one is interesting. It was kind of like, well, I don't want Generations. It was just like, I'm not buying Generations, you know? Mm-hmm. And so Combiner Wars, I've always loved Combiners, and I really thought when we heard about them, oh, yeah, this is going to suck me in, and I'm going to buy all of them. And then uh, I just don't feel compelled to own them. At some point, I made this shift from all of these toys are cool to all these toys are cool, but I don't have to own every cool toy there is. I think uh, I think I've been I've had that happen to me uh, with like previous toy lines and stuff. I, right now, I still do collect Combiner Wars and slash classics and stuff like that. But I totally get like the fatigue. I mean, it's been going basically without stop since two thousand seven, and so now we're going on into our eighth year of this. And you're right, I didn't I didn't really think about it until until you said like there's no end game when i look at that classic shelf there is no end game like I, I, we have way more now of these things than we had original runs of g1 toys shit at this 8 point. years is longer than g1 ran in the us yeah and this is supposed to be like like this ongoing homage to it so now it's like i don't know it it's become something huge and unwieldy and just bigger than that uh, bigger than the thing that it's supposed to be kind of a tribute to i don't know like do is this this like G one homagey kind of thing, like just like redoing the same, the same guys over and over again. Is this something that is just is this just Transformers forever and ever? I mean, what do you, do you think we're always going to have like this uh, aspect in the toy line somewhere? Obviously, we're going to have. I mean, I hope we'll have something else, right? You're always going to have your robots in disguise, your Prime or your movie, or uh, you know, God help us, your Unicron trilogy, whatever, running with it. I think I think that if we don't, that's a sign that we're really in trouble, right? Where we've turned into G.I. Joe and it's just like the last desperate throws of trying to sell the umpteenth G1 Starscream to the handful of people still buying it. Um, but I think it's hard. You know, you can think, well, we're, how do we get Beast Wars, right? Because Beast Wars, I think, unquestionably is what was the weirdest one-year transition in the line, right? From mm-hmm. From the end of G2, which was all starting to be classic character name reuse and was vehicles and was a combination of kind of the new tech and then stuff like this, you know, the GoBots, which were very, very G1 toys. And then the next year you've got organic pigmen and, uh, you know, new factions, almost all new character names, very vague ties, which were wiped out basically when they brought the show in, right? This isn't even Optimus Prime and Megatron anymore. Mm -hmm. You kind of imagine, well, you know, could the line get to at that point again where somebody has was just like, I, I don't know what to do with it, you know, mm-hmm. try something. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe with the cultural cachet now of all the movies having been, you know, a big adult thing and a big, you know, cross cultural. I mean, again, the movies now have been going longer than G1 did. So when you think G1 was in the cultural zeitgeist for what, two, three years, maybe mm-hmm. I mean, by the time the 86 movie came out, people were kind of tired of it. And now the movies have been such a big thing that it's hard to imagine a Hasbro ever being willing to kind of go, we don't need Optimus and Megatron and Starscream and Bumblebee in this one, guys. You know, do something else. 
Totally. Yeah, I I I uh I agree. I I'm just uh I'm just glad that we still have kind of like the huge diversity that probably started uh I would, uh, I mean it was going strong maybe in the just before classic. Well, classics was one of those weird kind of transition lines and then it was it caught fire so to speak and so it yeah. became it's it, an ongoing thing. Like like a book that was supposed to end um way sooner than it than it is it's not even over yet it's still being written um let's talk about the other thing that's going on that's probably a little bit more exciting i find the show the prospects of the show exciting i'm way into it as an entertainment kind of property i've got a couple of toys so i'm not i'm not hugely into the toy line yet but i'm kind of i look at robots we're talking in, about robots in disguise right? yeah robots in disguise the listeners um, and also me for sure yes um I'm into that show as a concept and kind of what I've seen. I'm, I'm not like watching what's online, so to speak, and all that. I'm not going that far. I'm into it from what I can see visually from the show, and, and um, the fiction interests me. Toys a little bit. I know you're into it too. So, um, what about the what about what you've seen from the show and the toy line is working for you? So let's establish first of all what we're talking about. I haven't actually watched any of the shows. I don't know if you've like gotten the Australian torrents no, or whatever. No, I've seen like the usual like I've seen all the stuff that they want you to see basically. Okay. Yeah. So we're in the same place. I, I downloaded, I'm not gonna lie, I downloaded the first half of the pilot. Uh I couldn't get it to open and I couldn't be bothered to download a program to open it with. So I just closed it and figured I'd wait until, you know, I could watch it on my big fancy TV instead of my small crappy computer. And um right off the bat, I'm excited that it's a continuation of Prime, right? Anytime we get universes that last more than four years that aren't G1, it's exciting. It's nice to get those universes a chance to build on each other, right? Build on, you know, put some continuity together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's exciting that whether it's the new creative team with Hasbro, whether it's, you know, having somebody else in charge who doesn't care, whether it's just something the new the writers decide on. It's exciting that this is a Transformers show that, for all intents and purposes, Optimus Prime and Megatron are both out as the leaders. Like I know Optimus is, you know, Ghost Optimus, and I, I'm assuming he will probably be back in person to take over. You know, maybe even by the end of the first season. But right now, we have no sign of Megatron. We've got Bumblebee in charge, and that's like what this fandom has asked for pretty much every year since what Energon, maybe Cybertron. Whenever we had our third or fourth Optimus version in a row and everyone was like, why can't it be Rodimus again? Why can't they have a new leader? I'm like, well, I don't – kind of the monkey paw, right? Hey, fandom, here's your new leader. It's Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that's exciting. Uh, I'm on a personal level super excited that we finally got Kari Payton uh, in Transformers because I wanted that for about a decade. Uh, and uh, I'm really excited that the Decepticons are – pretty much all new guys you know they a couple of them have reused names but it's not hey here's this universe's version of Skywarp and thunderwing and bludgeon and whoever it's hey here's a weird crab man and here's a shark <laughs> guy and here's a motorcycle guy who shoots minicons out of his shoulders uh, and it's i like that i like new i really i'm always more interested in new ideas than a rehash of something we've had they make very nice rehashes of things sometimes, but in a vacuum, I'd rather have something we haven't seen before. Yeah, I like, I especially, I think I like more than anything just having a choice. So that's the one thing that Transformers has done for a long time at this point. Well, for the most part, most years, 
is that you do have like a choice. So you've got like you've got classics, whatever it's called at the time, kind of chugging right. along, and you've got experimentation. So they're really trying to do something different. I do I do respect that this is this is a continuation of Prime, but like tonally, it's completely different. Um, what do you think about that? I mean, it's a, it's it's a continuation of a of a of a universe or a series that was tonally way different than what this show is. Do you think that's um, a good, I mean, it's hard to say if it's a good or bad thing, but it's a thing. So, I mean, I mean, how have you interpreted that? Uh, so I really like prime first of all, right? I also really like beast machines. So, and the ongoing, so come at me, bro. Um, so I really like prime, but you know, it was very tonally consistent, right? There was not a lot of levity over the course of uh, no. our seasons of prime. So I think it's nice. I think it's a nice change. You know, I don't think every story set in the same universe has to feel the same way. So people, you know, we had a few years of Prime being very, very, very serious, you know, po-faced, whatever. And so now here's a chance to be more fun, a little looser, a little have, you know, more action, more laughs. And my anticipation, of course, is that this is going to lead to people complaining about how it's not serious enough and they don't deal with mature enough themes. But, uh, you know can't please everybody. I think, you know, again, having seen any, for all I know, the show is garbage. Early returns are people <laughs> seem to like it, but, uh, uh fingers crossed. I, I think it's exciting and I hope, uh, I hope I enjoy it. Yeah. And I think, um, I think after an entire series that took itself seriously and was well executed, it's okay to like have some laughs, fight a crab man. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? It is like, uh, uh it's a cliche, but I mean, it is like a kid's property. So we're going to have some, some fun. It's I thought you meant it was a cliche that sometimes you have to fight a crab man. Well, I mean, I wish it were a cliche. For me, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the toys. I only have, uh, I've got Warrior Grimlock and Warrior Bumblebee, which I think probably 100% of the people who have collected this line or started collecting this line probably have. Um, what, do you, what have you got and what are some standouts for you? Let me ask you a question about Warrior Grimlock. Sure. Have you played with him? Yeah. I mean, I don't mean necessarily like acted out a story. I mean, he's open and you've messed around with him. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotten to second base. I mean, I tried. Okay, so have you broken his elbows? Uh, have I like like broken them? Right, like into pieces that don't go back together. No, but but I um no, but I I, I no, I have not. I keep reading. Uh, neither have I, and I've messed around with him a lot. But I keep reading everywhere that he has these super flawed, fragile elbows. That uh, everybody is breaking, so I just was curious if that had been your experience. Just so because I can imagine it would negatively impact my enjoyment of him. Yes, it would take a couple stars off the review <laughs> for sure. If he, if he, uh, like pros, he looks great, great design. Cons, he shatters into pieces. <laughs> um, is it the? It's the um, the uh, alt mode elbows or his no, like it's robot, the robot elbows? elbows. Okay. I don't think right. I don't think his dinosaur mode has elbows. No, right? he doesn't. Like but one piece I, would, I wouldn't put it past people of like. Just ripping those, like it's just like putting too much pressure on those and then snapping. I don't know because they're diminutive. Obviously, they're tiny. Like twigs. I don't really get the impression that these are people. You know, normally people who hate the line are just talking about how crappy it looks without. Everything. Yes. So you assume the people who are breaking his elbows aren't just doing it so they can post about how crappy robots in disguise is. Uh, I don't know. It's 2015. Uh, but anyway, uh, he doesn't seem like brittle to me. No, I really like him. By the way, he's kind of. I. Great. I think he's probably the best of the four first warriors uh toy wise he's not my favorite for a couple of reasons uh the big one just being well exactly that he's way too small hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's probably the number one, and uh, this is not controversial territory. I think maybe the number one problem with robots in disguise right now, as we know it, is that, that it's a one scale toy line. If you're thinking traditional, you know, Generation Z, complex enough for a collector toys, it's the, the Warriors, and that's it, you know? If you want a bigger toy than that, you're getting a three step changer or a, you know, Titan hero or what have you. And that's going to be a huge turnoff for a lot of people. And, and I'll, I'll admit, I'd rather be getting, uh, you know, a big Voyager of Optimus. I'd rather be getting a Voyager of Grimlock. I, I uh, pre-ordered the Japanese three-step because the U.S. one just does not have any paint on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it normally, you know, with the Takara, oh, they have a couple more details. For me, personally, that's not really worth the import cost. But... Mm-hmm. It was a big difference for him, so I figured I'll go ahead and do it. Um, but otherwise, uh, you know, the other thing that I I have, think I have an issue is not with him at all. It's there's something about Bumblebee, Warrior Bumblebee, that I just love, and I can't figure out what it is. He is neat. I, I for one, just like generally speaking, like toy aside, I do really like his design in the, in Robots in Disguise. It's fun. And uh, and this is a this is a fun toy. I need to pick up I need to pick up Steel Jaw, and I need to pick up. Um, uh, oh gosh, what's the fourth one? Uh, up, up, um, yes, uh, but just to complete it. I mean, if there's only four warriors right now, so I might as well complete that. I, I'm, uh, I'm drifting off, drifting off the misround. Okay, so even then, I mean, that's like six toys. It's not. It's Drift not hard is to really get nice, set. by the way. I strongly is he? recommend him. Yeah. Uh, we're we'll such get... a terrible character. Drift keeps getting really nice toys. Yeah. Like Generations toy is great, and I th- I really like the Age of Extinction one. Mm-hmm. Um, and and his robots and guys toy is very nice too. Uh, yeah, you're right. I, I do like. I don't have the um, I don't have the movie uh, Drift, but I do have the Generation Generations one. That's a solid mold. Um, well, what's the uh, what's like the thirty second review on Robots in Disguise Drift? Uh, well, he's he's got a neat. You know, the toys aren't super complicated, which you know, mm-hmm. but he still has a pretty neat transformation, one that has some some aspects to it that, you know, seem pretty, if not unique, which is pretty hard at this point in the license, uh, pretty novel. Uh, he's got a nice color scheme. For the most part, the relative lack of paint ops from Robots in Disguise don't hurt him too much. You can see places on the car where there obviously should be black paint and isn't, but it's not glaring. Uh, he's got a couple of really nice swords that can fit in a little in little slots on his skirt armor, so he can hold them, or he can store them there, or they fit obviously in the car mode. Uh, he rolls pretty well, um, and I hope he's not horrible in the show. <laughs> uh, the toy can't save you from that. The, the toy, <laughs> sorry, uh, but uh, okay, cool. Um, I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to, forward to him too. I actually didn't realize that they were out yet, so I need to pay a little bit closer attention to that toy line. Um, hey, real quick, let's talk about Battle Tactics a little bit. I've talked to another uh, friend of mine on the show about Battle Tactics back when he and I were um, gleefully excited. We were still in the honeymoon phase <laughs> with this game. Uh, I think you and I are very much out of the honeymoon phase. Um, so where are you at with this game? So I played it maybe a week when it came out and it wasn't like I loved it, right? It was never really fun, but it didn't require any effort. It had interaction. You weren't playing against other people like in Legends. It wasn't like they were saying, oh, you better come in one through 20 or you're going to miss out on all this stuff, you know? 
And I was just having fun collecting guys and, you know, look at who they put. I mean, the, the cast in it is fantastic. Uh, and so just, you know, chugging along. And then I just hit a point where for the progression battle where you can't fight the bots, right, where you only get a bot team if they can't find anyone to match you up with, mm-hmm. uh, to go to from like rookie four to three or five to four or something. I could not. I could not win a match. And so I was just like losing three in a row, getting knocked down, getting back to the progression, losing three in a row. And after three or four times of that, I was like, well, guess I'm done with this game. Um, and I don't, maybe, you know, I'm probably not very good at it because certainly the people talking about it on the AllSpark, for example, didn't seem like they had run aground at the same point I had. But uh, it was like, it was like when it was, I don't want to say when it was challenging, it wasn't fun. But as soon as it was like, well, I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. The gameplay's not gripping enough to say, well, I, but I'm driven to play it. You know, I've got to tap on these little guys. <laughs> uh, and then as it turns out, I think I mentioned to you uh, earlier, I just stuck my head in. Be like, oh, look, free space bridge drops. And I got a Skids who's like a, you know, veteran one or veteran five or rookie one or some way higher tier mm-hmm. than I actually am. Mm-hmm. And so for a while now that my one skids, I just, you know, level him and he's just demolishing everybody I fight at a comparable level, mm-hmm. uh, which brings us up to the update. So have you started menace of Menasaur or whatever? Uh, I haven't cause I haven't played the game and I need to like boot up the game. So did that come out like in the last couple days or so? I think today actually it started. Hmm. Is it what it sounds like? It's uh, so the opposite they've introduced Menasaur spoilers. Um, and it, it's the other Stunicons. Mm-hmm. So you can get Motormaster and dead end and, uh, off road and, uh, and they're all event rewards. So now you are competing with everybody else or at least working on getting this specific stuff over a limited amount of time so that you can have the privilege of getting these other characters, uh, which, of course, is just going to make the PvP even more unbalanced when those are the people you're getting matched up again. Uh, somebody earlier, I think, said that the that DNA had said, oh, well, anybody who's available as an event reward will later be available like as a normal exclusive character through the shop. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens with that. But um, yeah, I don't, I, uh, I, don't, I don't doubt think... that every character will be for sale at some point. <laughs> uh, that seems even, reasonable. It's not even like the for sale. Like when they put Circuit, for example, I thought that was great, right? A movie guy, mm-hmm. a club guy. How cool is that? So he's 150. No, it was, he was way more than that. He was like a thousand gold. Mm-hmm. And you don't even get him. You get the chance of him. <laughs> And I don't know what the goal, what you have to, you're, I'm, I'm not going to get a thousand gold by playing, right? I got to like 170 or something. So presumably to get a thousand, that means you have to spend real money. And to spend real money for the chance of getting a character is, um, I don't know. There, there must be people who play the games that way. I hear there are people who only play app games, right? So if you're not buying a $60 console game, I guess you've got 60 bucks to dump into Transformers Battle Tactics. But, sure, uh, for the chance to get... Uh, right. Yeah, Circuit. The so chance. What um, What made you stop playing? Um, You said you were out of the honeymoon phase. Yeah, I think it was... For me, it wasn't so much running into broken teams, which certainly had started to happen at, at a little bit of a higher level. I think, I think right now or where I stopped, I was around warrior 
three, something like that, Warrior Four. I was right on the verge of of where you start getting those, um, like um, da, 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 da. you start getting into kind of the more interesting stuff. I was right past. I was I was past where you get um, uh, Scourge and uh, a couple of other like three or four star. However, so you went, so three you, or four. You were better star. at it than I was too. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if I was better at it or I was just like into it a little bit longer. It just a little bit, maybe a little bit more tenacious and I still gave up on the game. Uh, but, uh, so what made, what made me stop playing was I think I had some kind of internal goals, which is like all you can have in a game like that at, at some point. It's just like, what do you personally want out of it? Cause, cause like you said, like the gameplay isn't sizzling and there's no like, it's just subjective, like like the value of the characters. So I had like targeted Sky Shadow, and uh, while saving up for Sky Shadow, I ended up getting uh, run a run about. Um, is it run about or run amok? I can't remember. Run amok. Yeah, run amok. He, you kind of like like if you're saving up for Sky Shadow, you kind of like stumble into having enough resources for run amok. So I got him, got Sky Shadow got a decent team going um but really like after getting sky shadow like my internal like goal had been met <laughs> and so it just kind of lost i don't know i, I kind of lost my fire for it i would say i would say the thing that they need to do like one thing that they need to do is do a little bit more of kind of what happened to you like the random rare character just giving that to people because that can like that that for sure can like spur you kind of back into playing just a little yeah. bit it for me yeah um but uh but you know like the lifespan of a game like that i think it's just kind of inherently short because because the gameplay is repetitive it's kind of one of those things that you play like on the bus or on the train in the doctor's office it can only go so far yeah so let me you know i haven't played a ton of first of all i'm a luddite so i haven't even had a smartphone for that long i think i've had it for a couple of years now uh, and so there's only been a handful of games I've played, and I think the first thing I ever got was the Iron Man 3 game, which was what, an endless flyer, right? You're behind Iron Man, you just fly <laughs> endlessly, as it turns out, <laughs> uh, shooting guys and collecting stuff. And, and there's, there is, there's actually a storyline in it as you're playing. So there is something to shoot for, right? You're, you're kind of beating mm-hmm. bosses and you're learning. It's not an interesting story, really, but that there's some kind of narrative that you feel like you're doing. And so that kept me with that game for a while. And there's the armors to unlock. But ultimately, it was like, well, I got most of the armors I was interested in. I wanted roadie stuff, right? So I've got, like, um, the War Machine, and I've got the Mark II. And, and at some point, it was like, well, I'm clearly never going to get Iron Patriot because it's just too many resources. I'm not interested. And I eventually kind of stopped playing. But that held my attention a lot longer than Battle Tactics has. And it held my attention a lot longer than the Robots in Disguise game. Did you play the Robots in Disguise game at all? Very briefly. It wasn't, uh, it didn't grab me. It, yeah, it's just, you know, there's not, it, I think the difference for Iron Man largely was it was fun to play. It wasn't groundbreaking, you know, it was Tempest, sort of. But uh, the other thing I've been playing now, you know, nonstop, daily since uh, about October is Marvel Puzzle Quest. And I haven't put a bunch of money into that. I'm sure they're thrilled to know about that, right? <laughs> oh, boy, you're just playing our game for free for months. Cool. That's our business model. Technically, you can do that. So, But, uh, but it's fun. You know, I enjoy playing that. Even when, I'm, when I get to a point where I'm frustrated with it, it's not like, well, this is stupid. I'm going to stop playing now. I just like, like you do with a real game on a console. I get mad at it. and I want to 
I want to beat it. I want to say, you know, screw you, Ragnarok. I'm going to I'm going to beat this mission eventually. And I'm going to bitch about it to everybody I know until they hate me while it happens. So with that one, is it it, it is the gameplay? It's it's the it's the game yeah, you know, itself. There's, there's stuff to get. I'm trying to get more guys and the more guys you get, the better you get in the game. But on a fundamental level, it's you know, nobody was there was no end game for Tetris. Everybody played Tetris because it's fun to play a stupid little puzzle game if the mechanic is interesting enough. Yeah, interesting. I uh, I'll be honest with you. I think whenever I log into uh, the IRC, the IRC channel that uh, that LV and I frequent, LV a little bit more than me. I'm back. I'm a little bit. I'm back. To some I just extent. feel like you're being unnecessarily evasive about it. Well, right? they're gonna find us no matter what. You guys, you, I'm pointing They're to you. They're dying to find me, I know. I, I can tell. I, well, I know. After this, after this, like, sizzling conversation, um, they're going to track you down. They're going to like you. They're going to find, like, the like button next to LV. They're going to click it uh, violently. You guys, there's a lot of people in the chat playing that game. You yeah. guys are, like, way into it. Is it, yeah, like, a big thing now? Is there a big community for I'll this game? I'll tell you game? what. I was, we were talking a little bit about hockey earlier, right? Yeah, and uh, I've only went to I've only been to one game. I'm a Blue Jackets fan. John knows that. For those of you in podcast land or whatever they call it, so if you know anything about hockey, if you don't know anything about hockey, whatever. Shut up, idiot. Uh, if you do know anything about hockey, then obviously you are filled with pity or revulsion. Um, and so naturally, this season I've only been to one game. We went to opening night to make sure we got our schedule magnet and everything. And actually, uh, while I was sitting there at intermission, I like got out Puzzle Quest, started playing it, and the guy two seats down from me was doing the same thing. So, uh, you know, it, it must be a relatively, you must be doing relatively well, right? Some random stranger in a, in a, out of 18,000, you know, maybe we were the only two people there playing it, but you know, the in, indication is there's probably a lot of people messing around with it. And I think that's probably because it's fun to play. It's not just, it doesn't just feel like a mechanism to extort you. Like for example, Transformers Legends does. Yes, and to a lesser extent, battle tactics. Battle tactics. I think. I think uh, battle tactics. They kind of backed away slightly from the pay to play, but it is inherently like pay to play. Yeah, I, I mean, when you're losing to a lot of those people, you figure, oh, how do they get all those levels so quickly? Well, they paid for them, which yes. anybody does. I guess there's a lot of complaining in MPQ right now because they just added Iron Fist like two weeks ago, and now they've already rebalanced him. Right? He was too powerful, so they already. They already knocked a bunch of his abilities down. So all these mad people like, hey, I just spent all this money to, you know, max him out as soon as we got him. I'm like, well, why did you do that? <laughs> like, you know, caveat emptor, right? Absolutely. So they nerfed him like almost immediately. Yeah, basically. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. Hey, LV, thank you very much for your time this week. I think this was an awesome conversation. I and- really that. I appreciate that, but also it makes me think that your other mini casts must be terrible. Oh my gosh! Uh, no offense, Headmaster Don, if you're listening to that, uh, he means that in the most loving way. Um, but uh, we'll do it again. All right. That sounds good. Well, that's the show, everybody. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with a longtime good friend of mine, LV, also known in the real world as Graham. Hey, before I go, I just want to remind you that uh, this show, the mini cast, and every RFC show is sponsored by you if you use our Amazon link on the tfradio.net homepage. So just go to tfradio.net, click the Amazon link, 
and do your shopping just as you usually would. Don't have to buy anything extra or anything special. And uh, when you complete your Amazon order, Amazon will send a few nickels and dimes to Brian to keep the lights on. So we all appreciate it from RFC uh, if you could help us out. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you down the road.